<laughs> Welcome to Belly Up to the Blackboard, a podcast focused on the reality of teaching and other musings from and about professionals, hosted by Chris Munn and Justin Russell. Well, welcome back, everybody. Um, yeah, welcome back. How you doing there, bud? Good. I, you know what? You got you got a good handle on this, Chris. Uh, that's the first time I've heard the music. Oh, really? The intro. Yeah, I, well, I usually don't ever hear it. I bought a new um, cable to hook up to the phone, obviously, since um, you're not here right now. Um, yeah. So we can we can talk, obviously. Um, I was researching a couple th- researching a couple things too. See how uh, how it would go with um, Zoom. So I think I've got that figured out for next time, possibly. Nice. But uh, well, you know, you know what they say. What we tell the kids too. The only way you get better at reading is to do what read. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the only way we get better at this. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I moved my <laughs> setup from the uh, the garage so uh, my wife could get the get the car in. You know, while it, so she doesn't get frost on her windows. So we're down. Happy f- wife. Back. Happy wife. Happy life. Uh, down in the basement. Um, in the in the booth. It's, so I can just keep the setup here, which is nice. Um, yeah. But yeah. So like you said, the more we learn, the better we get. And um, you know, like I talked about before, um, when we ended last time about you know, hey, like us, follow us, shoot us a message if you could review us. On whatever uh, streaming channel you're you're listening to us, um, that'd be a great help. We love to see, um, you know, how many people have downloaded the episode. I I check it probably too much, um, <laughs> but yeah, hey, you know what? Including the United States, we've had downloads in seven different countries. So that's that's pretty cool, you know, just for yeah, screwing around yeah. and um, you know, just BS. Yeah. Yeah, we won't, you know, we won't be like Elon Elon Musk and uh, ask Twitter how many robots are actually out there. But no, I'm going to assume that those are all actual people in those countries. Yeah, why not, right? I mean, here's my <laughs> thing. If it was a bot, why would they download a, our episode, maybe? <laughs> or our, our, our podcast? Yeah, I, I think even robots probably have better things to do. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm not paying them unless you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that money. I've been traveling. Yeah, that's true. You're spending your money every day. Stopping yeah, at new places. Yeah. So, all right, let, let's kick it off here with a little cork pop. There it is. All right, man. All right, so you're deep in the heart of Texas right now. What are you, yeah. what are you drinking while you're down there? A little, oh little mezcal, tequila, <laughs> cervezas? No. Dude, like, um, so, like, I think I said this a few podcasts ago, just been uh, as we travel through states. Um, I pop into a liquor store too, just to see what the locals have, you know, around because Iowa, I mean, I don't know if those of you are listening know, but Iowa is kind of a a narrow state when it comes to selection of, of different things. And so, um, the one I'm drinking right now is it's actually a high coast. It's called Timmer Pete. Um, it is a single still, uh, Irish whiskey. Nice, nice. Yeah, it is fabulous, man. It's got this like real smoky earthiness to it. And uh, obviously that's from the peat, but no, I, I'm really liking this. Um, I don't have to do the poor man's, you know, old fashioned where I'm pouring, you know, liquid smoke into it to, uh, try to balance that out. Yeah, You haven't done that yet, have you? Cause I know you talked about it before. Liquid smoke is death when you drink it normal. Like, have you ever drank liquid smoke? No, I don't use it. 
Uh, I did it on a dare, I think, in my in my teens. Uh, don't I would highly recommend not to drink that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think you use it in recipes sometimes, but not yes. for drinks, I guess. I mean, I don't, anyways. I don't know. Maybe somebody does. Um, so you had that Lagavulin I had before, right? Oh, my God. The Offerman yeah, edition? Yeah. Is it as peaty as that? Um, yes, I would put it on that level, but it is, it's smoother. Okay. Um, and it's because of that, the, the copper still that they use. So no, I put it on, I put it on that level, but you know, it's, um, it definitely is a good change from, I, I, the last one I had was like from a sherry cask Yeah. Uh, or finished in a sherry cask. And so it had a little bit of a sweetness to it. Um, I would say if you're a traditionalist Irish whiskey drinker or traditionalist whiskey drinker, like definitely this is worth a try. So, well, nice, nice. Sounds good. Good. What are you up to? What are you drinking, man? Um, so I went to Hy-Vee the other day and I was just walking through and breezing through the aisles and, um, after I had to grab some other things and I came across, honestly, it was a shooter, um, of soda jerk. I've seen it on TikTok. A bunch oh, of different yeah. times. There's different flavors. Um, so I grabbed one of the little bottles of uh, the root beer flavor and okay. then the orange cream. And I didn't oh, have any orange yeah. cream to mix with. So I, I did have root beer. So I just poured a little bit or uh, that shooter into some root beer. And it's pretty good. I mean, it's sweet, obviously. Nice. But I wanted to try it since it's new to Iowa. I don't think they've had it here for a while. I mean, they just they just Who got it. it. So, uh I couldn't tell you. I'd have to look at it, but it just the brand is Soda Jerk, is what it's called. Oh. So I did don't you know. see? Uh, I just saw it today. I don't know if you saw it. Dr Pepper's coming out with a hard soda for a limited time. Really? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I just saw the headlines. I didn't. I mean, I don't know the details, but um, yeah, I, I noticed that the other day. It's it uh, that'll be interesting because I think you've mentioned mixing some stuff with Dr. Pepper before, haven't you? Yeah, I've mixed, um, I think it was Iowish, which is like an Irish cream, but it's made from, um, I think it's Cedar Ridge Distillery um, nice. out east. Um, and it's uh, it's a pretty good, you mix it with that. It's almost like a cream soda hmm. with that Dr. Pepper. So it's pretty, it's really good um, yep. doing that. So that'll be um, interesting. I know they have the Mountain I, Dew ones. Uh, the oh, hard yeah, ones. the Mountain Dew ones are pretty good. Are yeah. they? I, I was going to tell you, when, uh, when I come back, you're going to have to try So the guy group. Um, we're going to have to try this Texan, this TX, uh, whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The only, it's, it's made in Texas and I, from my understanding, it's only sold in Texas right now. It's like a small batch deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's very limited range then of where you yeah. can get it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 We'll be heading to whiskey fest in November on the 19th. Great. So that'll be, that'll be fun. You'll miss this year, but. I know. I'm so jealous. I mean, I've been there since it started. Remember? Yeah, you, we've gone each year. So, yeah. well, when you when you end up moving back, you can <laughs> start that tradition all over again. I will definitely be one of those people camping out for tickets. <laughs> yeah, and always got to make sure you get the extra pours. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, hey, yeah. Um, I know you're not involved with this now, but uh, this week it was parent teacher conferences. So I think we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, We're talking before the show about, you know, what we've seen in parent-teacher conferences. And and with us both being, um, you know, special ed teachers, it's a little bit different um, because we don't see as many many parents 
at parent-teacher conferences. Um, like I had my Tuesday, I had two signed up and one showed. So then, um, you know, I have to make some phone calls and stuff. And, you know, we have our IEP, IEP meetings. So we're talking with parents most of the year anyways with updates and things like that. So it's, uh, I mean, it's not, like we, it's not like we don't no. talk to them, you know. No, I was, and that's, that's what I was going to add, Chris, is uh, for those of you who don't know much about the special education realm, um, I mean, I know it, it sounds like special ed teachers are always probably boasting or complaining about how much time they spend, you know, communicating and talking to parents. And, yeah, it could sound like a hyperbole, but it's it's honestly the, the God's truth. There's there's parents just like anyone else you'll, you'll we'll talk to once a day, right? Um, whether that's email, phone call. Um, and then there's parents we'll talk to uh, very consistently at least once a week. So, um, and then you have the flip side of parents yeah. that you try to get a hold of and <laughs> yeah. you just never can, you never get a response. No. From them. And conferences for, for special ed teachers is, is very indicative of that level of communication that, that we have ongoing anyways. Right, Chris? Cause, um, a parent who shows up is most likely a parent we've talked to 10 times, 12 times before conferences already. Yep. And then, and we'll even see, I know we switched the way we do conferences now this year. Um, and we're back in our rooms. Uh, last few years, we've all been in the gym and like just around the outside of the gym or the, the inside, but um, just on the edge. And sometimes I don't know about you, but I'd see parents that, of kids that I have that they'd be there for conferences and they, I don't know if it's cause we, got, we talk enough or they just didn't want to talk to me, but you'd see them talking yep. to other, other teachers and you're like waiting for them to stop over and never do. <laughs> I used to talk to more, <laughs> some more, um, athletes, parents, you know, kids I coach them yep. and some of my yep. parents sometimes, but there's also more of them as well, you know? So yeah. odds are, um, so no, I, I think conferences are great. I I, th- I see the uh, the value in them and and the need to do them. Uh, obviously, it's a great time of year, especially the fall. Wouldn't you agree, Chris? Like fall is probably the more positive or optimistic conference versus the uh, spring one. Yeah, I think when you get to, I mean, the fall, like you said, it's only a, we're only a month or so in. So, um, you know, you'll see a little bit of quick growth. So you got that, like you said, that positivity. Kids are doing well. They're still staying up with what, you know, their grades and their classes and things like that. And um, and you get more numbers, too, in the fall than you do in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, yeah, and I, I would say as a new teacher, and I don't know about you, bud, but I know as a new teacher, like, I was so stressed and nervous to do conferences, like, um, those first couple years. I, I don't know if it was if it was one of those deals where like I was concerned that kids went home and told their parents uh, you know I have this teacher Rup Mr Russell that's an idiot and and I was probably proving it at conferences <laughs> or uh, turning red yeah, sweating yeah. <laughs> exactly um, or if it was um, just making sure that you know I uh, I had a good understanding or outline of what I was doing as part of my job but. Um, yeah, I, I would say fall, I was a little, lot nervous. And then in the spring, um, it was so much more laid back because yeah, you're already into what March by the time you have that conference. Yeah. Um, uh, middle yeah. of March, I think. Yeah. Is when we have yeah. Or end of February or something, you know, like, yeah, 
you know, spring break's coming up. First semester is done. Like, you know, you've, you got 18 weeks already out of the way and, and yeah, you pretty much got a pretty good system going and you got a good handle on kids. Um, but what did you say? I mean, what did you say the hardest part about the fall conference was like you said, you're, you're only what eight weeks in nine weeks in and, um, you have to give an assessment of somebody's kid that they've known for 15, 16, 17, 18 years. Yeah, and, and you only know them for some if you have freshmen. Yeah. Or or you have a transfer in, you know, a new kid. Yeah. You only know them for those eight or nine weeks. So it's really hard to Yeah. You know, pinpoint exactly, you know, what the kid needs. I mean, you've got their IEP and things like that and Yeah. Um, you know, if you're if they're up from the middle school, you know, you can talk to those teachers and um but yeah, it's it's hard to gauge and like you said, your Basically, like, given an assessment of this kid that you may have known for, you know, eight eight weeks to, even if it's three years, you know, if they're a senior or whatever, and yeah. it's, and the parent has known the kid for 18 years, you know, 15, 14, 18 years. So you're, there is always that, like, you're telling them these things. And as a younger teacher, it's like, you're waiting. I always felt like you're waiting for them to push back sometimes. Like, they yeah. disagree. And most of the time, it was the complete opposite. You know, you're stressed out for no reason because parents see the same things you do most of the time. You know, if if nothing else, they're usually worse at home than they are for for us at school. Um, I know I always, as a new teacher, and, you know, we had computers, but I always printed all of the assessments off to go through it with parents. And as I've gotten older... You know, and I don't know about wiser, but um, <laughs> I just have it pulled up on my computer. I'm like, why print off 50 pages per kid or, you know, whatever it is, 20 pages per kid. I mean, I can just pull up on the computer and scroll through it, you know. Yeah, and most parents, and I don't know about you, Chris, but in my experience, most parents, um, as much as they do appreciate the paper copy, um, as soon as they hear – or as soon as they, and I do this as a parent sometimes too, as soon as I hear that my that my daughter is doing well or not doing well, like I hear and make that conclusion, like it doesn't matter what printed material I have in front of me. That's what's sticking with me, right? Like my kid needs to work on A, B, C, or my kid's doing really well and there's not much else that, you know, I need to worry about. And I'm going to go, okay, well, here's these 50 pieces of paper that, you know, I don't know if I need those, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, you go through the assessment, whether it's um, ISASP or MAP testing or any of that, and you go through it with them, and then it's like, okay, I now I, I understand what's going on. What do I do with the yeah. paper? What do I do with the paper, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah now I – it's really nice, especially being in our, in our rooms, because I've got two monitors. i got my laptop, oh, yeah. and then I have that monitor. So I can just actually turn that monitor – to the parents and we can scroll through and I can talk about stuff. And yeah. if they have a question about something, it's easier for me to pull it up on power school or go through their, their credit audit than it is to flip through 30 pages yeah. and find it. Well, I even think like now that I think about it, I think it's good. And if any of you who are in education and, you know, work in the, you know, legal side of things, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think printing things out could create like a confidentiality issue. Right. Because, pretty much all those printouts we used to do had all the students information on it. Right. Like, 
So if they lost it or, you know, yeah. we're handing over this information, like, I, I mean, there's students' test grades and historical records, sometimes names. And it's only uh, for that student. ID student but... Yeah, but, but still, like, just having all those out, I always, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever was anxious about having all the information sitting on my table during conferences when, you know, hundreds of parents and families are coming through. But, no, I, I think there's some... Uh, definite benefit to just, you know, going over it with parents. Um, and they're going to ask questions if they have them and you can always email stuff to them or, you know, mail paper copies, but, um, yeah. And and usually with our parents, if they have an issue or a concern and maybe this is more, and I know that in the gen ed setting too, but we'll get an email before conferences are even close, you know, they're, you know, they're contacting us pretty early. So, yeah, when I worked in larger school districts, I mean, there was one district I had, I had 21 students on my roster, and I, I would say it still worked the same way, Chris. Like, I, I still received emails from specific parents. Um, I still received phone calls from specific parents or whatever, you know, and so I, I, I think it's just that's the way it is in any school district, right, is you just, you have those parents who, God bless them, they're on it, right? Yeah, and those are usually the ones you you see. You know, those are the ones that, that stop in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've had um, – I know the last couple of years when we were co-teaching and whether, you know, I'm helping kids in the classroom and things like that, I'm not – I wasn't the content expert. So me sitting at the table <laughs> with the content expert, the math teacher, and it's almost like, yep, yeah, just sitting there <laughs> like waiting or – you know, yep. maybe they'll ask you a question, but um, usually you're just kind of like that person on the side just waiting for the conference to be over because <laughs> they can explain everything better than you can. Unless it's like yep. one of my, you know, kids in my in my program that's I'm co-taught because then I can I have a little bit more input on the student. Yeah. But and I don't know about you because I know you co-taught too. I don't know if, if you felt the same way or. Um, but that was kind of me. I'm like, I'm just kind of sitting there, letting the math teacher talk, kind of <laughs> nodding my head. Well, the hard part is like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the hard part I always thought as a sped teacher, co-teaching and doing those co-conferences with the students, let's say it's a gen ed kid who's in like the top 10% of their class, right? And the parents asking questions about content specific things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, my realm is on the like bottom 10% of the class, right? Like, like that's my expertise. Like ask me how I'm going to get a kid to, to gain three years of math skills, right? Like I can tell you that I can game plan that, but to ask me how the kid who is, you know, fifth in their class of uh, 130 kids, how I'm going to make sure they're college ready. Like I can't answer that because I don't know the curriculum that well. Right. Like yeah. I'm not a content expert. Like, and I agree with you. Um, it was an honor and it was a learning experience to sit there and listen, but in the same token on the day-to-day stuff, the realm of sped, like I have a finite amount of competence, I guess I could say, and brain capacity to, to, <laughs> To keep that right, like, like for me to know the information that that ex content expert was giving the parents on game planning stuff, like on the next day, I'm not using that, right? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> at, you know, if you need me to write an IEP, I, love yeah. it, I can help you out here. 
I could crank that sucker out like nothing. But <laughs> no kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk about a transition survey, I got you. Yeah. But don't ask me about the FAFSA. I don't remember. It's been no. I don't. Don't ask me. Uh, you know, if they. You know, your kid wants to be an engineer and work for the state of, uh, you know, Texas. Like how they're gonna do that? Because I don't. I don't know content like <laughs> curriculum mapping on that. Like no. Yeah. Um, but in any case, I th- I think it's good. And uh, I was gonna ask you what was what were your honest thoughts about student led conferences versus kind of like, you know teacher-led um i like i like the way you did it um because you did that last year and um i think it's i think it it works really well if the student like if you've practiced it and prepped it and you did that you you know not like you weren't coaching them what to say but you were telling them you know hey this is what it's going to look like these are the you know these are the questions we're going to go through um, you know, these are the things that you're going to show your parents. And I, and I think that's how you do it. If I remember right. Um, yeah, but yeah, and then we, they just um, took charge. Yeah. Cause we scaffolded it. So, you know, two or three weeks for conferences, I, I made sure they had kind of a graphic organizer, like you said. Um, and you know what, like it was, it was scripted questions. You're right. But the responses were all there. So regardless if, you know, as we're, practicing and they're writing things down because let's be honest, like, and and I think you can agree with me on this one, Chris, like I was completely different kid when I was sitting by myself compared to next to my parents. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and we're all the same way. It's like, it's, yeah. Yeah. You're going to own up to it when your parents are there because you know, you're going to get called out for anything. So it's not like you're going to, you know, when you've got the student, (laughs) the parent and the teacher, yeah. That that kid can't BS it because either the no. student or the parent will call them out on it if yeah. it's something they know, or the teacher's going to call them out on it. So, yeah. uh, but no, I think you did really well on those last year, um, and I think they're good because yeah. then there's more. You know, we talk about that student ownership piece yep. of it, and I I think that yep. is um, really well, and yeah, and that's something I haven't done yet. Um, and for me, well, like, but it takes a lot of work. I mean, it does. you're, yeah, you're super busy. I mean, you, you basically inherited both math programs, you know, that, that we were doing and, um, yeah, I mean, there were some transitions. Um, I do have to, I do have to laugh and, and like when I think about how much kids started to blow off the idea that they had to write down their conference, um, responses, until I until I said, look, I know some of you are thinking my parents aren't coming to conferences. Like, they've already told me that. I said, but here's the problem is you can write down IDK or WTF on that response sheet, but I'm mailing home a copy of all these. So, <laughs> like, if your parents aren't coming, great, whatever. I'm going to put my assessment of your skills attached to your responses to these questions um, or prompts and your parents get to read them regardless. And what was hilarious was about three days after conferences, a couple of the kids, like they came in and like separately, but they started to chew me out. Like they're like, Mr. Russell, like you, you didn't tell us you were, I go, I told you, I told you multiple times. I said, why, what happened? And like both of them, I guess they got like reamed by their parents because they, they did, they screwed around on the responses. 
Um, well, that's good. I mean, just, you yeah, told them. They to just didn't yeah. listen. No. <laughs> yeah. Or thought yeah. you weren't serious. Yeah, I yeah. thought I wasn't serious. And it, it was so funny to, to, because, like I said, I mailed home. I had this tracking sheet of the skills and how the kid was doing. Um, and so I mailed that home. And so when the, when the kid's answers to, like, how – how do I think I was doing on skill seven a or whatever? And you know, they put a four out of four, right? Obviously. And they put, because I know how to do it or whatever. And, yeah. and then they look at the, they look at the actual skill assessment score and then my comment next to it. And they're like, and the parent, I mean, the parents obviously going to know their kids, not, um, not telling the truth at that point. Right. Um, cause there's this evidence that that's contrary. So yeah, no, I, I think it just takes some time to get there. And, and the typical parent teacher conference though, like, what would you say? Like, would you say a student led conference in the past would, would be sufficient or do you feel like something more robust is kind of needed? No, I, I like the idea of a student led conference. Um, I wonder how it would, go in like a gen ed setting because I think it does take time. So unless you do like the last five minutes of a class for the, the week, maybe up to conferences of going through maybe one question a day and having five questions possibly, I think it's beneficial because again, there's that student ownership of it and they have to explain their thinking and not just sit passively while the teacher talks to, you know, the parent and they don't really yeah. say anything until the parent gets mad and they're like, wants them yep. to explain it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you, and I stole part of the idea from you on, on the portfolio piece, because I know you, you, you have a binder with your students on, um, and that's something I always like scoffed at just because I'm like, Oh, that's so much time. Like I gotta, I gotta get binders and I gotta get them to order. Like, um, no, I love that idea though. In hindsight, because at, when I started doing that and I started collecting the kids' work, had them put it in a folder, um, that really helped because when it came to those conference time sheets, um, the students had all the work with it, right? And if there were like standards, they didn't have any work done for yet. There was no hiding it, right? They they couldn't go on there and say. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to tell my parents I'm a four on this skill. Well, what evidence do you have? Yeah. Well, I haven't done it yet, right? Like, well, you, then okay, you can tell them you're a four, but you're the one who's going to have to tell them you have no evidence for it. Yeah, you're an NE, um, no evidence. Yeah, done and uh, yeah, and it's and the and, you know if if the excuse is well, my parents are going to believe me over the teacher. Well, that's fine. I, I mean, you can tell them I lost it, but what are you going to tell them when they talk to the other parents and there's 15 other parents sets of parents who have evidence, right? Like I, I didn't just lose yours. Um, and, uh, no, I like that idea of a, of a, you know, mini portfolio or I don't know what the new fat, I think it's micro something like micro testing. They now say, or whatever it's Maybe. called. The nice thing is it just keeps uh, everything organized and yeah, you can say, Hey, where's it at? If they can't find them, like, well, this is exactly yeah. where I told you to put it. So we can show well, your parents, awesome too, you know, like, it's awesome too. Like if you have to miss for some reason, like as a teacher, um, that was awesome. Those days I sell for you, man. Like it was so easy just to go, okay, grab the cart, right? There, your totes over there that has all the binders. Um, 
uh, it made it made subbing for you so much easier. Just knowing that each kid had their own programming, own binder um, mapped out. But yeah, that was cool to be able to show parents that too, right? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there, like I said, it's it's a little more descriptive than just telling them. They can see what their kid has done, and like you know what we did with our our skills classes and um, created those skills matrices for or yeah. matrices for the kids. And then even if a kid passed through a stage and they went to the next stage, they could show the parent, well, here's where I started. I was able to get through all of this and get it done, and I scored well, so then I moved on. And that's just a good thing to show. You know, it's not just a, um, like a, a gotcha, and I, I kind of hate using that term because. I do too. But, uh, yeah, so they can show the positive of it, not just the negative of not doing something. But yeah. yeah. Do you so, ever have so any? What do your um, kids do? Oh, go ahead. What, what? do your, your What do your kids do? Do they do student led? My my kids, my own kids. Yeah, your kids. Uh, no, no. Kids. The teacher goes through it. Oh, do they? They're there. Like we bring our kids to conferences. Well, um, obviously, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and they're young enough. Like they don't stay home, but you know, there's a lot of kids that don't go to conferences, and, and I I'll say it now, and who knows what'll happen in three years, but. I plan on having my kids go to the conferences because, you know, it's they should be able to hear what the teachers are saying to the parents too. Yeah. And if you know, I don't think I'll have any issues with my my own children, you know, discipline wise or no, you know. But it's always good to have them there because then you can ask yeah. them, and yeah. then you know if they try to lie to you, that the teachers right there. But yep. No, but, I agree. Your kids, your kids. I, I think the biggest thing is. Um, your kids feeling challenged. I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, I think that's the issue you're going to have, bud is, um, they're just, they're, they're quick as a whip, man. They're just, they're sharp. They, um, catch on things pretty quick. And uh, I think, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just, they're going to, they're going to need to find something that challenges them. Yeah. I hope that's the only issue we have, um, <laughs> with conferences. So you've, and we kind of, I asked you this question earlier before we got on air, but, so you've never had any like strange or like weird conferences? No, man. Like, um, you know, I've had those conferences where the parents break down and cry in front of their kid. Um, I've had those conferences where the kid is just cursing out, screaming, yelling at the parent, calling them everything under the sun. Um, and you, you know, those ones are hard to watch because you want to support the parent because you know, they're struggling, but at the same token, it's, it's kind of a hard spot to be in. Um, I've had those ones where the, the parent is just verbally railing on the kid and I've, I've had to step in on that one. Um, but no, I've never had like, uh, you know, a parent tell me off or a parent, um, you know, physically threaten, you know, me, I, I don't think I've, no, I can't remember a situation where those, I know I've been like intimidated by some parents where I know, like, I can't make a mistake in this meeting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you don't um, mean, you don't mean physically, you just mean like, no, because they cross every T and dot every I and that, and they know their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, this is not their first rodeo, especially once they get to high school. Um, and so the fact of the matter is like you, like literally I better make sure all my eyes and T's are crossed. Right. Like, cause, um, 
any small mistake, any, and it's not even like, uh, they come to get you. It's a, um, I, I almost would feel like it is a credibility issue. Um, here's like, especially in the fall, right after eight weeks, I've had their kid for eight weeks. They're expecting something, you know, um, different than middle school has been because at the high school level, uh, that's where we are. And I, I know that I better make sure that I have a response to every question, um, that I'm not fake. And then I have to make sure that if I don't know, like I'm telling them that, but I'm writing it down and saying, look, before you leave this, the conferences tonight, I will have an answer for you. You know what I mean? Like, um, those are the, those are the parents that, that really challenged me, but I feel like made me a better teacher. Correct. Yeah. Cause you, you knew you had to get your shit together and make sure that you had answers and not just like you didn't just BS them. You yeah. made sure that you knew, or like you said, if you didn't know you, you, um, you know, made sure you were able to find that answer and let them know. Um, right. You know, I had, I've had a couple of parents at conferences when their kid was struggling. Um, and, uh, and when I, I was teaching a math, you know, teaching a class and their kids struggling and they did so well with the teacher before me. <laughs> and they're like, they, I don't know. They just really liked him better. You know, I, I understand that. I get that. And they've, they've told me in class, they like this teacher better than me. And, Yep. And you're the same way as I am is that, you know, it's, and it's kind of not as prevalent in, um, education. It seems like nowadays, but we're more on the side of, we have high expectations. It doesn't matter what your, your test scores are. We have high expectations for what you're going to do because outside of high school, when you graduate, you're not going to have me there. So... I'm not going to sugarcoat things and make things easy for you. I'm going to be on the opposite of it's going to be difficult. Yes, but, you know, I'm not going to not um, support you. But I'm not going to make it very easy just for the fact to, to make you feel make you feel better, right? Yeah. We're gonna, we want you to be ready to get out of high school. And sometimes that doesn't look like the way parents want it to look or the kid wants it to look, but... You know, in the long run, I think most of them understand that. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think in my experience, or I should say think, I know in my experience that is so true that parents, majority of the time, support the idea that myself as an educator is, is there to push their student and challenge them, right? Like, um, and, and uh, every year, like I, I start my classes with, look, I'm going to admit that I'm probably not going to do everything correctly and I'm going to make mistakes. But the biggest thing is don't listen to how I'm saying something, but listen to what, how I'm, what I'm saying. Right. Like, um, so those moments are the ones that really matter. Um, right. Yeah. And I think part of it too is, um, communication needs to be very clear. Um, cause I, a miscommunication with a parent um, recently and you know, they came into the meeting and they were mad and they were upset. Well, after we went through the meeting and I explained like what the whole deal was and it was with like um, scheduling a, a class that needed to be taken before another class. And um, for some reason, because you know, you always have scheduling issues at the beginning of the year, they oh, were absolutely. scheduled in this advanced class or, 
the class they weren't ready for yet. And I took them out of it to put them in a lower level class they hadn't taken yet. And they were confused, didn't know why. Obviously, student was upset because they liked the other class. Right. But after we have our meeting and we explain it, then they understand. So communication is a huge key. Be very yeah. be very clear with your communication. And I know we said this about students before, mm-hmm. of yeah. them being able to read BS. Yep. Your parents are just as good too. So um yeah. and it, it does it serves no no purpose or it does not no. help you you know, to try to BS a parent in something because it would always come back to you. And like you talked yeah. about before, if I don't know it, let me get the answer. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm not sure. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Let me check yep. with this person. I'll get back to yep. you. And I did that with a conference Tuesday about um, an internship. And I didn't know like exactly what the requirements were. Did they have to be 18? Um, so I said, Hey, let me get a hold of our guidance counselor. I'll make a note. And I, talked to her that night later and I shot him an email that night you know yeah yep no and that's I I, you know and for right wrong or indifferent whatever it was like my last couple years of teaching it seemed to click with myself and students especially when they start to gripe and get upset and or they'd say Mr. Russell you know you're kind of a hard ass or you know, Russell, like, why are you burning that kid? Or why are you always, you know, hating on me? And and the, here's the thing, like, it's a generational thing, I understand. But it, it finally clicked to me when I started asking kids this. And it, it's, it's very simple. It's, would you rather me lie to you so you feel good, right? Like, you've had people lie to you all your life about how you're doing in school, about how life is going to be, about how easy things should be, yada, yada would you rather me lie to you so you feel good about yourself? Um, Cause I could do that all day long. Look, you did great on that test, even though you got a 40% on it. Hey, that's not going to matter because in real life, you know what, you can fail, fail, fail. And, and things are going to happen. Like I can lie to you all day long. Or do you want me to be honest with you so you can get better and make things happen? Um, at first, Kids did not respond well to that, and yeah. for good reason, right? Um, well, they want the easy but, way out a lot of times. They want the, yeah. the least difficult path. Yep. But when they come up to me for the fifth time and they go, they go, I think I got this right, and I go, you have one small mistake in this area. Look back at, you know, skill 4A. I think that's really going to help you. Um, they started to understand that, like you just said, there's a standard, right? Like, it's not here. Let me build this bridge. Even though it's incorrect, we're going to leave it. It is no, it costs $40 billion to tear down. We're going to tear this sucker down because it has to be done right. Right. Um, and I, it was awesome to see kids in the wheels start to turn. Um, because even though I hated it and I think you could, you know who I'm talking about, we had a student or a couple of students who literally would ask us, what's the like bare minimum I have to do. Right. Yeah. What, what do I have to do um, just to pass? Right. And, you know, in hindsight, I, I, I hated that question. But in hindsight, it makes sense. Like, the wheels were turning in those students' heads. Like, okay, Mr. Russell has the standard. Mr. Munn has a standard. I, I know I they're not going to accept anything lower. But there has to be a bare minimum, right? Like, they'll accept. Yeah, what's the floor um, on this? <laughs> And I, I kind of like that now that I think about it because, you know, 
in their own way, they were thinking through how to get to where they needed to be or wanted to be, but yet still be them. Yeah, with, um, the, with the least amount of effort, but still <laughs> just enough to pass. Yes. Um, and, and you know what? Those those students, uh, in their own way, will be successful. Um, my level of success for them or benchmark, it probably or may not be met, but you know, I think you can agree, and I think everyone out there can agree who's listening, is that um, we've come to a point in society where it's acceptable to say that a level of success or my level of success is different than, you know, Chris Munn's level of success and somebody else's level of success. And so um, good I, for them, I think, yeah. Well, I, and I think everybody else, like you said, everybody has their own level of success, but you can't be mad at somebody else who's more successful because they have a yeah. higher um, ceiling or, yes. um, you know, goal. And I, or I've, floor. They or, have a, they have a yeah. higher floor than you, yeah. Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. And I told the kid, too, and I've said it this year and I've said it in the past, I'm going to push you, right? I expect, I expect big things from you. You know, if I didn't think you could do it, I wouldn't be challenging you. To do it. I, I wouldn't be pushing you. I'm Correct. pushing you because I believe you can do it. That's the same thing yes. when we were coaches. You know, and I said, you know, if I'm not pushing you or not expecting something out of you, that's when you should worry because then I don't feel like you're capable yep. of it and I've given up. Yeah. You know. So let me ask you this. Did you did you ever as you think about the the last several years of teaching, did you evolve then in how you did parent teacher conferences? I mean, did you go from that, oh, I'm going to be fluffy and kind of rainbows and sunshine and and kind of really try to get through these couple nights of conferences, make sure parents feel good about their kid, to, like, still making sure that parents felt good about their kid and having a game plan, but being more realistic? Or did you always, do you feel like you've always kind of been one way? Um, that's a good question. For the most part, I've, you know, I've been pretty brutally honest. I mean, I will point out the positives, you know, but if there's a kid that's, hey, he's going to be a senior and he is behind eight credits, you know, I'm not going to flowery and, you know, be like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll say it can be done but he's going to have to bust his ass and not screw around like he has for the last three years. And I think most parents that I've had anyways, you build a good enough relationship with parents, you know, that, uh, and uh, I mean a relationship of trust that not every, and they know most of the time if their kid's struggling because they're screwing around. And that's usually, I mean, let's be honest nowadays, if a kid is in class doing what they're asked to do, Odds are they're probably going to pass the class, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So most of the parents where I've got a kid that's behind and things like that, they know that they've been behind because that's how the kid has been his whole life. But now I would say, especially back to the high school, I'm more um, honest, brutal. I don't want to say honest, brutally honest. You don't, you know, fluff it like you would with like when we were in middle, probably at middle school conferences where. Um, you didn't want to hurt the kid's feelings as much, but when they're a high school kid and they're getting close to 
being done. I mean, point out the positive, obviously, because not every kid is 100%, you know, there's no positives. But I think there's right. more of a brutal honesty of real world is coming quick. Yes. And you're either, hey, you're ready, you're on track, you're ahead, let's plan on taking some DMAT classes, things like that. Or, yeah, you know what, you're going to have to change something because what you're doing now is not working. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would agree to that. It makes me remember, like, our former minister that we worked for, he, he, he said it right. Like, the conferences should not be the first time that a parent hears bad news, right? Or hears how their student is doing. Even even at first conferences, right? Like, after eight weeks, a parent should have some type of update or understanding um, regardless if they're responding to your communication or not, right? Like, I mean, even it, if it is you're updating, your, you've got your grades updated and they can see where their kid is at before, they should not be shocked when they come to yeah. conferences. Now, no. usually the, if it's a negative grade, I know that administrator always wanted us to email out parents if they were going to fail or had a D. So it's, it, it isn't a surprise. Um but a lot of times if parents saw stuff on power school, yeah, they would email with a question, yeah, you know, email or send the kid in with, you know, the kid got yelled at or talked to the night before. And they're like, I got, can you call my, you know, grandma or mom and dad or whoever to let them know, like I talked to and yeah, those had- are the fun conversation. Cause you're like, what lesson did we learn here? Right. Like as you talk to that student. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, um, I- yeah. Well, I, I, I was actually the opposite, man. Like I, I evolved. Um, I came into the teaching world with kind of the, the pulpit message of five to one, right? Like, so five compliments for every one critique or negative comment. And so, um, I always went into conferences with this kind of attitude, like, okay, I got to make sure the this parent and this kid, like, they leave happy. Like it's, it's almost a politician talk, right? Like there's no substance to what I'm telling these people. Like I'm not, I'm not giving a game plan for their student. I, my whole purpose was to make sure the parent and the kid left happy. Like, um, you know, yeah, your kid's failing math and they need a different math goal. And we've talked about that, but you know, they're doing all right. There's no red flags. Like, Hey, no, your kid's going to do well. They're going to get into high school. They're going to have the skills. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never, I don't feel like I ever got in those meetings and was negative. Like, well, and that's, um, that's part of, I think, um, as a, you know, a young teacher, you're, you're face to face with parents for maybe the first or second time. And you don't want to, it's easier to break bad news over a, an email, <laughs> right? Or like, be more honest and like, if you give them bad news or you tell them, you know, something that they may not want to hear, whether it's the truth or yeah. you know, even though it is the truth, yeah. you don't know how they're going to react. No, so I could see that being almost the default, especially like I said, as a young teacher um, yeah. and not sure of yourself, possibly, you know, you, you kind of wonder, like you're mm-hmm. saying, you, you wanted to make sure you crossed all your T's and dotted your I's and you were just very um, nervous I could yeah. see, yeah, I could totally see that. Well, I was probably the same too. way, too. Yeah. It's been a while, but I'm sure I was probably similar. No, but I, I, I would say though, like, 
I would say you've been more like constant, right? Like you, cause you, you really worked mainly with high school students and parents. Uh, and I would say you've been always very good about like, you're not an asshole with parents. You're not saying like <laughs> your kid, like your kid is a dumb shit who, who's not going to make, you know, you're not that guidance counselor that everyone talks about, you know, at their, you know, like Bill Gates as he's given his college, uh, uh, commensuration speech or whatever it is and uh, commencement speech and talking about how like the guidance counselor told him, you know, he'd, he'd grow up to be, not, you know, you're not that guy. Um, but in the same token, I, I think you've always been genuine and I, and that's why you've been so successful with parents is um, even with those parents who come in guns a blazing uh, as soon as they know you're not wishwashy, I mean, you're not confrontational or standoffish, but, they know as soon as they go, you know, start firing away that you're not backing off because you're genuine and you're consistent. Like we know those, those tones of those conversations change. Um, I, I think what really happened was when I, when I went to Colorado to teach, um, I, and I, I can, I can remember vividly like my whole persona in, thought about conferences changed. Um, there was, first of all, there was no faking it. Like a parent who came in and I had already talked to him about 15 times in the last six weeks about their student. Like there was no saying like, you know, Oh, it's rainbows and sunshine. You know, like your, your student's great. I love them. They're going to do what like, it, there was none of that. It was, Hey, uh, uh, I just talked to you about two hours ago. I know uh, I appreciate you coming in for the parent teacher conferences. Like, is there any questions really? Because you, we already know how your student's doing. Like what questions do you have about the game plan? Is there anything that you, you know, we, you thought about in the last couple hours? Like that was literally most of the conversations I had with parents at teacher conferences, right? Is, um, or, I apologize. I had to call you today. I know you had to come pick up your student. Like, I know there's some things that need to be worked out. Like, let's talk about it and figure out how to change. Like that was, so when I got back to Sadell, um, I, I feel like those conferences were so much more high quality. Right. Um, because I could be genuine without the fear of, Oh crap. If I say something wrong, I'm gonna get fired or written up. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm a Knowing you for as long as I have, um, you you care about the student, so mm -hmm. you know that you're being honest, and sometimes you know you got to be brutally honest, but it's because you care about how the kid does. Oh, right? absolutely. You know, and yeah, it it comes back to that message about how is the real world going to be like if that student gets into their first evaluation meeting with their boss. And regardless if they're working at Dollar Tree or they're working at a Fortune 500, they're going to have an evaluation meeting of some kind, right? Or the moment they go and ask for a raise, like their boss has to evaluate them on like, okay, do I, like they're not going to be nice. They're going to be brutally honest. Like you've been late for the last three months, right? Every day. Um, and you want a raise? Like I, I don't know how to tell you differently, right? Like no. Well, and, and that's how like – they need to be able to be prepared for blunt conversations like that and yes. you know how to respond. And and that's yep. where sometimes you're, you know, you're blunt with a kid and you're brutally yep. honest and um, yep. they get mad about it. It's like, well, yep. I understand you're mad, but is this not true? 
is this not true? Yeah. Is this not yeah. true? <laughs> if it's not, okay, let's talk about that because yeah. from where I'm sitting, this is what I'm seeing. You yeah. Know? And then yeah. if they can get used to that in high school, it better mm-hmm. prepares them for life. Now, it's not, yeah. you know, hugs and unicorns and all that stuff, but it's what a kid needs. You know, whether they're a special ed yeah. kid, a yeah. gen ed kid, uh, yeah. ELP kid, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. They need to be prepared to have honest conversations and somebody to be truthful with them. You know? Right. And truthful. And I, I also think, especially, and correct me if I'm wrong on this too, but in your experiences, but in today's, in today's societal norms, I don't think there is a societal norm on how someone responds. Right. And so they have to be prepared. Like if they're going to come in and, and try to gunsling with uh, with a stranger, somebody they'd never met, they have no idea what how they're gonna respond, and they try to be fake or they try to lie or they try to cheat their way into a, a situation that's beneficial for themselves. Like they have to be prepared on how someone's gonna respond. And I think it, I know the whole world isn't negative, and trust me, traveling around right now, I I have so many positives about humankind, but. I do believe there is an understanding that you don't know what happens nowadays if you flip somebody off when you're driving, right? Like, yeah, you don't know how they're going to react. No, I mean, it could be anything from that person just waving to you, clear to following you to your house. and you know, But that's what I'm saying is, is like there has to be some understanding about causality. And I think actions speak louder than words. And that message is definitely getting lost. And I know we're starting to ramble here a little bit, but Conferences definitely are a good breeding ground for students to really learn what it means not only to self-evaluate, but then also to understand the actions they've done for the last eight to nine weeks has consequences, whether positive or negative. Yeah. Um, and, and for the older kids, too. Sorry to cut you off. Yes. For no, the, you're you fine. Know, your juniors and seniors, what you've done for the last two to three years also has consequences, whether... Mm-hmm. that they're positive to where, hey, I've busted my butt past every class. I'm ahead of the game. I can take yeah. classes at DMAC or do internships instead of sitting and, you know, repeating a class or screwed around, didn't show up to school for the first two, one to two years, and now you're behind credits. You have a full schedule. They're all required classes, and if you don't pass one, you don't yeah. graduate. Yep. Um, and so – with that, I think now is a good breaking point to probably read some of those comments because I know uh, some of you out there are probably getting tired of us rambling a little <laughs> bit. But, no, I, I think, though, Chris, just summing that up, conferences are a great way to not only interact in an honest and pure way with, with parents, but also to help develop student skills in a hearing critique um, hearing positive and compliments, because you and I both know from experience, kids have a hard time uh, accepting compliments. Um, I mean, just watch them. They get shy, shoulder shrug, avoid eye contact, their feet turn away. Like, they're, they just, they're not used to it. Um, and then also game planning, right? Like, you've heard the negative. You've heard the consequence of your behavior. You've heard the consequences of lacking these skills. Now, develop a plan with us, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, um, but yeah, going to some of those crazy comments. Um, so b- before I do that, I yeah, will right. say since 
since I asked you, but you were rude and didn't ask me if I ever had any weird <laughs> uh, conference moments. Early in my career, um, I had a parent, mom tell me that if I need to hit her kid, I could. <laughs> I'm like, well. I, I don't think that's odd. We've heard that many times because the, the, some of the parents we have for the students we have are people we went to school with. This was not, though. But yes, oh, I know what you're saying. Like okay. people, you know, so yeah. that would be a little more awkward, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that might have been in my second or third year teaching. And I'm like, yeah. well, I appreciate it, but I think that's frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check my uh, teacher handbook, but I'm yeah. pretty sure the district says no. <laughs> Let me make sure I check my contract to make sure I don't get fired. You know, I think I get one a year. I don't want to waste it on your kid. <laughs> yeah, not this uh, early. It might have been fall conferences. <laughs> um, yeah, so you found this earlier because, you know, we've had pretty good relationships with our with our parents and our students. So we really haven't had crazy conference stories. So <laughs> Justin found this because he's got all the time in the world. Um, this is actually from a website called scarymommy.com. And yeah. it's just... Uh, teacher shares, uh, teachers share threats, insane requests, and absurd accusations from parents. So I'm going to read a couple. Do you have this pulled up too? Uh, yeah. I was going to read a couple of my favorite. Um, okay. And then I'll let you pick out a couple. Um, one of the first ones was, I had a parent tell me this kid was acting dumb for my benefit, and he's really smart at home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. Where a kid's going to switch it off there. Um, yeah. Um, you got one in, in the holster ready that you saw? Yeah, this is uh, this is on the subject of homework. Kaylin doesn't feel like writing. writing. She'll just say the answers to the work out loud from now on. <laughs> um, I hear that a lot. But here's the thing. Like, here's the, I hear that a lot from kids. Like, I don't want to write. Um, and it's like, okay. Do you see a matrix or a four-point scale anywhere that is assessing writing? Like, no, I just want you to write crap down. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, I, I don't care. Like, just write it down. Like, um, but and it's so funny, right? Like, Well, nowadays um, this would be fine because now we just ask kids to prove that they understand the, the, the content, whether it's, you know, in a writing sample or they respond orally. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so it's an option. But anyhow, yeah, I just found that funny. Um. No, there's so many kids, there's so many, and even parents, like I've noticed that too, like um, there's a lot of parents who don't want to do emails because they, do, they don't want to, they don't want to write, like they'll, they'll just tell me that, like, um, can I just call you, or how about I text you, and I'm thinking, well, isn't texting the same as typing, well, whatever, like, I, I guess, yeah, um, too funny. Um, here's one that I did like, okay, so I'm going to go with homework, and I, I found a couple others, so I'll do this okay. one first, but says, my child has anxiety and as such will not be completing your final project. You will give her an A for the course regardless of her ability to, to complete the research project or I'll report you to the administration and sue the school. <laughs> Suing the school is a big one. I uh, That's the first I mean, threat. Yeah, it is. It's a big threat. Um, I think there's some merit in it because I know, you know, obviously districts don't want to get sued, but. Yeah, that one's a funny one. Um, I yeah. got one for behavior, and this one this will touch on quite a few things I think you and I have experienced. But, yes, my child is misbehaving, throwing chairs, hitting other kids, et cetera. 
but you took his paper airplane in second grade and scrunched it up. So this is really your own doing. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? Like, I don't know about you, Chris, but I've heard this occasionally from teachers. Like they were doing fine until you came in and I'm, I'm thinking, you called me. Yeah. Like, you called me as the teacher to come and help. Like, what do you mean they were doing fine? Like, um, yeah, I've heard that a few times. And even parents, like, uh, well, you know, they said that you're, that what triggered them was that you came in um, to get them. I said, and it was like, sometimes it's like, I was coming in to observe other students. Like, I wasn't coming in to observe your, your kid. Yeah. Well, they thought you came in to watch them. And so they freaked out. Like, um, I, I don't know how that correlates because I literally, here's the sheet. Like, I literally came in to evaluate other students. Like, yeah. Although I will say, though, that, like, that they were fine until you got in there. There are some, uh, and this is in the past, not nobody right now, but, like, in the past, we've had associates with students that, like, it always seemed like they would just push the buttons of the kids. Yeah. And when the associates are yeah. gone, the kids are fine. But when the associates are there, it's just not mm -hmm. a good fit. Um, with mayhem, yep. One thing I see in that same section um, that we – I don't know if we've heard from parents, but it always seems like for a, from a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, some parents. Um, when talking to a parent regarding behavioral issues, the parent said, from eight to two, he's your problem, not mine. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. And that's from a, I'm assuming that is probably from a very frustrated parent that yes. has to deal with the same crap at home. Yes. You know. Yep. 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 Um. I, I like the one you brought up earlier about, uh, no, they just, they like the last teacher so much better. They, they never had issues. Um, you know, that, that one, uh, that one's an interesting one to me too. Or, um, uh, the last teacher was so much easier. Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier when they give you the answers. <laughs> when I make you think on your own. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That doesn't happen. Um, well, even with that one, like, they said last year was easier. Like I have to sometimes remind, I had to sometimes remind parents like last year though, like it was middle school. So really, you know, yeah, grades mattered. But like you said before, grades mattered, but unless they were like really, really, really bad or like expelled, like we're, we really don't do retention of students. Like nobody in education holds kids back really anymore. Right. No, like until you get to high school and then credits yeah. are, you know, you have to yeah. have credits. Uh, no, and I got to the hard conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I would tell that I know like when I moved back up to the high school um, from the middle school and I told kids there, cause I had already previously been at the high school, took a sabbatical to work at a, um, a shelter for a year and then came back to where I'm at now. But at the middle school, I would tell seventh and eighth graders, I get it. You know, you don't get a credit for this. You don't get a credit for this class. So you don't want to, uh, you know, don't, you don't want to do the work. You're going to move on to the next grade anyway, but right. you need to create good habits now yeah. because it's going to, you know, it'll affect you in high school. And then after two years, yeah. I moved to the high school again and then I had some of the same kids and then all of a sudden they've, they failed a class or two. And I said, I told you this last year. And you know, the girls that we had, some of our, I don't say favorite students, but students we really liked last year that graduated said, I told you six years ago that you need to get your stuff done. Otherwise it is going to be an issue. 
and you didn't yep. listen to me, but who was right? And, you know, they finally admit <laughs> yeah, it. But, I, I don't want to say, like, I told you so, but. Oh, I told, uh, yeah, I said I told you so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, with the kids saying that they missed the teacher from last year, after a yeah. while, because I heard it multiple times, I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I miss him too. Uh, my my last one, before we start yep. finding out where, you, where you're at right now, I kind of yep. said it earlier, but. Um, this is under the title of just plain ridiculous. Um, I was told last year that the obvious reason I work in special education is because I can't get a job teaching normal children. (laughs) So that's what the parent (laughs) told the special ed teacher. Isn't that hilarious? Oh Uh, yeah. Normal, whatever. Uh, along with that is, uh, like, when a parent like insults their kid because they're in special education and then like the fact that you have to correct them on, on that idea, like just cause they're in special education doesn't mean like they're abnormal. Like they just, they're behind in certain skills. Yes. Um, that one's kind of an awkward one too. Yes. Yeah. Especially when it's their parent. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Their parent. We don't want to talk about how genetics work, but um, no. Nope. Okay, moving on now. Yep. Unless you had another one. No, I was just going to say um, the one that always I struggled with was um, when a when a student went home and um, disseminated information that they made up or they misconstrued. Um, you know, whether it was a conversation with the student or whether it was just kind of in plain time, you know. Uh, during class, but like those are always the hard one too, because it's such a fine line, right? Like it's a he said, he said, or he said, she said battle, right? Like you can't. The hard part is, and that's where pushing your ego aside, correct? Is you just whether you said it or not, you just kind of you you admit to it, correct? You just tell the parent, "Yep, that, that's my bad. I'll I'll just yeah. move on," because you're not going to say anything to sway the parent at that point. Oh, no, and and they're usually mad. It's like, um. You know, they must have misunderstood what I was trying to ask them to do or what they said. And then you explain what your intention was. Yeah. And a lot of times that helps. Um, it's nice yeah. in yeah. email just for the fact that you have a paper trail. But the problem yeah. with email is that, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, you lose the um, inflection, right? You lose, yeah. um, you know, some of that. Well, things get lost in translation. So yeah, easy. yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. So, no, 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 you're good. And, and before we do find out where you're at, um, so what's some advice for new teachers as they're going through uh, parent teacher conferences this fall? I would just say the big thing, like you mentioned, first of all, just be real. Like I, and I, like, like we'd said, coach, we said last week, like, I hate using that, that term, like, but like, I, I think, um, I think you do. I think you, you, you can't be fake. And like you brought on, like, you have to know when you can be brutally honest. You have to know when you can be honest with a gentle touch and you have to know when you can be honest, but you're going to have to do it with like a dose, a, a big dose of, uh, of, you know, candy and sugar and, and all that fun stuff. Right. Like, and that's part of just knowing your parents, um, for you gen ed teachers out there who have a hundred, 200, 300 students that you have to get through. I know it seems impossible to get to know your parents, but the the biggest piece of advice I could give if you're, if you're going to take one is 
start prioritizing who those quote unquote high maintenance parents are. The ones you know that regardless of how their kid is doing, you have to make contact at least once a week. Like set a reminder, write on a calendar, do sticky notes, whatever you have to just make sure you know, like, because that will reduce your load a lot by just knowing what parents you're going to, and some of that is just having conversations with a grade below you or another teacher or whatever you're going to do. But, um, and I would say the second piece of advice for new teachers about conferences is don't put too much on it. Like if you know where a student is and a parent is giving pushback about it, like, Oh, last year they were at the top of their class or, you know, my student is a triple a AAA student. They're going to go on to Harvard. Like, and you know, that's a little bit different. Like, again, know how you can give a light touch on that, but don't back down and, and fluff things up because the worst thing you could do is say, you're right. Your kid's going to go to Harvard. Four years later, they apply to Harvard and Harvard goes, well, you, you don't have these skills. Like who said you had these math skills? And, um, that's going to be heartbreaking, not just for the parent and the student, but for you, because they had no indication before that point that that, that, that wasn't the case, right? Yeah. Um, what's, what's the uh, what's the saying? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of was it medicine? <laughs> I can't remember what it is. But basically, I think you're like, making if that you're, up. yeah, no, it's something I've heard it. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Ask I'll, Liz tomorrow. She knows. Yeah, I'll I'll ask her. She'll she's smart. Um, <laughs> But no, it's if you're honest with them now, or if you're just honest with them, you don't have to remember what you said, right? Is that you know that's that's one yeah. of the sayings is you know, yeah, you don't have to remember what yeah. you said because you're you're honest and like yeah. you said, you you get to know your parents as they get as you get a couple years in, you're, you got the same kids, um, but yeah, just clear communication with parents, and it's good with those students there too because. They both hear it at the same time. Um, yeah, and like you said, it's try not to be nervous. It's hard because this may be the first face-to-face you have with that parent. Um, and I like what you did say is that know who those high-flying, high-maintenance parents are. And the more you can communicate, um, you know, the better. I don't know if I've ever heard a parent say, I get too many emails from this teacher and, and maybe they do, but like you would rather have a parent say that. Yes. than say, well, I had no clue my son was failing or daughter was failing. Well, right. Well, and the crazy thing about all that is most of the parents who you make sure you respond to every time they will at some point in that school year and the 180 days you have them, they will themselves admit to being high maintenance. Like it is uncanny if you are, if you ensure that those parents are the are kind of at the top of your list, of, and ensure that you always within 24 hours respond to them, you always have a response or the ability to respond. They at some point in the, your relationship with them will admit that they're high maintenance, like because they understand that as soon as the 500th time they've called you or emailed you, and you're responding it will start to dawn on them like, oh, shit, like I'm taking up a ton of this teacher's time, right? Um, and they will. They, they'll come guns a-blazing, but they'll be the first to defend you too. When another parent starts bad-mouthing you, they'll be the first to say, look, that teacher has always responded, has always shown they cared, has all, right? Yeah. Um, say they, always re- they always respond to my emails or if I yep. call them. Yep. 
Yeah, because you have yep. some parents, you know, that complain, well, I never hear from this. And they could be like, well, I email them. I always get a response back. And like, so, <clears throat> yeah, it's, you'd rather over communicate than under communicate. Yeah. yeah. And they'll tell those parents like, hey, try this approach. Like, they'll coach other parents on how to get a response from you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the best piece of advice I can give is, is that like you said, before, like you said earlier in, in, in other episodes, consistency and the ability that to show that you care, those are going to go f- way farther than your credibility that you know how to do advanced algebra in the dark while you're sleeping. Right. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it's going to go way farther, but sorry, I, I've kind of rambled on. What are your piece of advice for those conferences? Oh, I thought he gave them. Be consistent with yeah. your <laughs> your communication and <laughs> oh yeah, I gave and, I read your mind already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and honesty, um, yeah. And then you got me thinking about um, oh, um, so you're talking about like getting that stuff done and then like letting them know how you feel or whatever. And then there's that cheesy quote that you'll never know what a student knows until they know how much you care. I don't know. I think that fit into with what you're talking about. It kind of does. I think it does. I hate using it. I hate using that, but uh, it's true. I think but it's che- some... it's super cheesy. It, you sell, know, it sells coffee mugs, the... though. Yeah, it does. But here's what I've been learning, man: is that feelings or emotions? Like, I, I don't, I don't think that is consistent with what kids today equate to a relationship. Like. I think kids are equate a good relationship more with consistency, honesty, and productivity, meaning like you do what you say you're going to do versus building that relationship, being genuine, you know, not genuine, but being like positive. And because they, I, from my experience, a lot of kids today equate somebody who's rainbows and sunshine is fake. Yeah. Like we've said this yeah. before is that, a kid can tell if you're BSing them. So, I mean, there's no point in yeah. doing it, right? No. And I don't think you have to be like the 80-year-old grumpy old man who, you know, is constantly negative and telling kids how it is. But on the same token, I, I, I do think there is good benefit or merit in saying, hey, look. like, And like Coach Weed said last week about having that conversation with that kid about, they're constantly doing things to push kids away, other, you know, peers away or just being annoying or, and they know it, right. But they just can't break out. And I think at some point it does take someone being honest, an adult, a mentor, somebody saying, look, like, you know, this is wrong. Like, how can we fix it? Right. Um, and, uh, but anyhow, no conferences, they don't have to be as tricky or complicated as, as I know I made them out to be. Um, and I, I think they're a good piece of the, the puzzle. Yeah, it sucks being at school until 8 or 9 at night, but... Um, Sometimes you get a day off after that. Oh, another thing yeah. you could do, too, is that um, if you don't... If you think you have, like, a difficult parent or you ask the... Like you said, use your resources, the other teachers. If you're teaching, yeah. like, a geometry class, ask the teacher in Algebra 1 or, you know, the, the lower-level class in there, of, hey, how, how have you dealt with this parent? How are they at conferences? Yeah. If you're If you're nervous about it, you know... Yeah. Um, or even if someone has got a good relationship with them, just say, Hey, do you mind if you would, would you mind sitting in on a like, conference with me, at least for the fall one, like just this first one. So I can make sure like you introduce me, I get some credibility with that parent. Right. Like, um, I think that goes a long way too. And as a, as a quote unquote 
experienced teacher or whatever you want to call whatever we were or are, um, I have no problem sitting in with a new teacher. Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're in it together, right? Like it's it's not like the separate game. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, all right, so let's go ahead and we'll, we'll wrap up with, um, so where are you at now? Um, we talked, when was it, last Wednesday? So it's been about yeah. a week. Been about a week. So we were just on the move. So we went to Abilene, Texas for a night. We were in Amarillo, Texas for a night. And we've been in, um, uh, where are we right now? Arlington? We are in Arlington, Texas uh, until Friday. So we are going to get up and move early. We go to Waco for two days. And oh. then we're going to be in Austin for one day. Um, and then we are spending like 10 days, uh, along the coast. So, oh, okay. So along the Gulf coast. Yeah. We'll be in Corpus Christi for like 10 days. And then we move a little bit Northeast, um, to uh, another Island out in that area. Um, and then, uh, I don't, an Island, I don't know if you want to call it an Island. I don't know if we, there's really technically islands off of Texas, but, um, but yeah, then we'll be along the coast. So we'll be along the coast for about three weeks. Uh, we'll head into Lafayette and also over near New Orleans um, here soon. And then we'll be back in Iowa before we know. I mean, I can't believe Christmas is what, like six weeks away, seven weeks away? Uh, let's say 26, so just about under so. two months. So Yeah, it's uh, geez, go... Louise, I, we've been going since uh, beginning of May. Yeah, so you're going to go see Chip and Joanna? I don't think they'll be there. <laughs> might have Although to have Although Waco you. has their uh, Silos Festival. Oh. I might have so to have you grab me, grab me something that says Magnolia on it for Morgan for Christmas, but we won't tell her. Yeah, I'm going, we're going to get, uh, we got gifts, uh, gift ideas for the ladies. Um, she doesn't listen to this podcast our, anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, neither does Kim. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think we're going to try to run down to Meat Church tomorrow. Oh, nice. And Wax, uh, ta- I butcher the name every time, but it's just south of us. So, um, uh, I didn't realize they don't serve food at Meat Church. Yeah. They're, they're just, just a retail uh, space. Yeah. They sell like recipes and cookware oh. and odds and ends. So, interesting. We'll try to run down there. But no, oh. we, uh, we went over to Goldie's, which is the number one barbecue place in Texas. Really? They had a freaking line around the building. We stood in line for probably 30 minutes and didn't move. Oh, geez. Is that the one that has the, um, she's a, she's an older lady. That is, no, I thought it was too. Is it it's a pit not, master? Not, I th- not, no, yeah, I thought it was that as well, but it's not. Um, this place is only open on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're only open for three to four hours a day until supplies run out hmm. and okay. it, it probably seats like 30 people. Yeah. But no, I thought it was that lady. Cause I want to go there and I can't, I need to watch meat church on YouTube and figure out who that is or where that is. Yeah. I saw a thing on uh, Netflix and she was on, it was a barbecue show. Um, Hey, yeah, you'll be down in Austin. You have to go check out Joe Rogan. See if he's, <laughs> see if he's walking. Yeah, around. I'm going to see if he's there. And, uh, no, I'm excited, man. It's uh, it's a good state. Just uh, if you drive around here, you probably should look at your GPS before you go because it's insane. Is they it? have interstates that go. Yeah, it, it's nothing for you to go on a two-lane interstate. All of a sudden, it's six lanes. 
all of a sudden it's one lane, and then all of a sudden you have two entries that merge. So the entry could come on from underneath of you, and it's merging with you as you're exiting, and then you go onto a whole new interstate. Oh, that sounds miserable. Oh, it's ridiculous. And the GPS, it screws her up. Like, she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> so, well, heck, buddy, it's been an hour and 20 minutes, so we're a little yeah. long today. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. Um, so, hey, uh, before we go, just everybody, please make sure you, uh, you know, follow us, comment. Um, like us, subscribe us, whatever it is. Wait, what? Like, subscribe, like, leave there you go. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Um, you can email us at belly up to the blackboard podcast at gmail.com. It's kind of long. Apologize, but we just love to see, um, you know, we, we love to see comments. We love to see reviews, anything yeah. you guys can do to show that, you know, you've been listening to us. Even if it's hate mail, we will take anything. All <laughs> any press is good press. I believe, or yeah, that sounds right. Any press is good press. Yeah. Any good press is good. For, and then also, Hey, where are we, uh, when we're going to look for comments or um, suge- when we're going to do like a semi-poll for an episode that's coming up? Yeah, we'll have to <clears throat> figure out where we can create one of those. Um, or like we'd love to hear comments of like us. ideas. Email us ideas of, uh, you know, what episodes. you think we should talk about or who yeah, we should talk like to, that. you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can try or, to get on somebody. Um, or, uh, you know, like um, what skill set do teachers have that would fit into the real world, you know, like other jobs? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah send us whatever you got. Oh, and we'd like to get a, you know, when we started this, we, we really wanted to get um, teachers from around the country for sure. And, you know, heck if we could do it around the world just to be on here and talk about what their experience is like. So um, if you're a teacher, yeah. listen to this, please reach out to us and, you know, maybe we can set up an interview or something on the phone or zoom or whatever it may Absolutely. be. But, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, we'd love to have a yeah, we'd love to have a guest from somewhere else, another state. Yep, it's a belly up to the blackboard podcast at gmail.com for email. Um, all right, buddy, I'll let you go. Um, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I uh, will talk to you soon. It's good talking to you. We'll see you all later. Thanks. All right, see you, bud. Yeah, bye.